Hi, I'm Morgan. I'm Odette. And I'm Madeline. And, and we, we love Christian fiction. fiction. We love it so much that we wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Each episode, we will read classics of the genre or new releases. And discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly. So come join us. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. Episode 12. Yes, episode 12. Welcome back. We're so excited. We are starting our... Highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. We're galloping into our new theme. Yeehaw! Western. Western. We're so excited. Who doesn't love a good Western? I'm sure there are people in the world who don't love Westerns, but good grief. I love a good Western. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of like... Well, I do like John Wayne, but like... Oh. I don't love... Right. Like Western, Western films. Well, I'm talking specifically about books. Yeah, this is a book but, podcast. But Western. Well, I'm just saying. A lot of people, when you say westerns, that's what they think. Oh, of, or right, John Wayne right. movies. Yeah, that's I'm right. not that's a huge true. fan of those, but I do love a Western romance. I'm oh. a very big fan. Of yeah, Western romance. Very big so, fan for sure. Which is what we're going to be reading. Which what is we why read. we decided this theme. Yeah. When we say highly anticipated, we literally mean we ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the three of us. Highly, highly, really anticipated. Because y'all didn't know about it till the end of last episode. Yes. So here we are. So yes. very excited. We, uh, we, for our first book, we read The Outlaw's Twin Sister mm-hmm. by Stephen Bly. <clears throat> and I think we have some housekeeping things. Yes. yes. This book was written in 2002. I wanted to ah, say okay. that. So yes. it's an older book, 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, a couple of things from my perspective that I wanted to share. So this is not housekeeping as in like podcast housekeeping, just some fun things I wanted to share before we start reading this book. So one is that Stephen Bly is an author that I grew up reading. So I don't know, I think I may mention this before in the podcast, but like reading was something that like I did since I was a child a lot of. So like it was very common that we would read books out loud together. Um, And one of the memories I have, like many, many, many memories, is we had um, a really old van because my dad was really good at fixing cars and he um, fixed this old 1988, um, Toyota van that was, and it was interesting because it will definitely, I'll definitely post a picture, not of my specific van, but of the, the type of van it is on, um, Insta stories, but, um, during, while you're listening to this episode, but anyways, um, it was this, um, van that didn't actually have a hood <clears throat> because the engine was underneath the driver's seat and it was silver <laughs> oh with the God. purple stripe. Morgan remembers this. I van. do remember this. Yeah, one. our friends all called it the, Sco- the Scooby Doo van, and everyone knew where me and my family were because it was like, oh, here they are, because it was such a recognizable van. Because this was early two thousands when you were driving it. Yes. So, so it was it was, like it was old then. Yes. Yes. <laughs> early two thousands. Also, my parents do not have that van anymore, but we did. <laughs> yeah, and it was a, a whole thing, and there was no air conditioning. It had these little windows. Anyways. And these like multicolored seats, like it was all a whole situation. But one of the things that we would do, because the radio didn't really work, um, and also because the engine was inside, it was so loud that it was really hard to hear the radio. Oh, so what we would do is we would, because we were homeschooled for a long time, so we would run errands during the day and stuff. And my sister would read out loud books, because she was the only one who didn't get car sick. And so she'd read books out loud to us, kind of as like entertainment. And Stephen Bly was one of the ones that we read and loved <laughs> over and over and over again. And she, we would love them so much and she would laugh so hard she'd have to like stop reading because she loved them so oh, much. I love that. And it was just <laughs> such a fun memory. And honestly, like I get it because they're amazing and I loved this book. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to do, I asked my mom um, 
what she thought of Stephen Bly and um, because she was very um, conservative and picky about what we were allowed to read, which get that um, from a parent's perspective. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we were able to read all of Stephen Bly's books, I mean, I don't know that I read anything past probably 2008 or nine, kind of in that realm. But anyways, we, we were allowed to read his stuff. So here's what she wrote. <clears throat> Author Stephen Bly, subject line of the email. Growing up for me, history was just a bunch of dates, names, and events to memorize in order to achieve academic honors. As I endeavored to homeschool and actually teach history to my captivated audience, discovering historical fiction just opened up a whole new world of people living in periods of time with actual daily lives and ways of culture in real geographical areas. It was fun and exciting to bring history to life through the eyes and hearts of these characters. Searching for good authors was always a priority and Stephen Bly was one of the authors that we enjoyed enough to actually purchase the books for my children to read. If you haven't read any, pick one up and you might be surprised. Oh, Heard I it from my, my sweet, sweet mother. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. Um, anyway, so that is kind of my fun housekeeping of that Stephen Bly holds such it. fun, nostalgic memories and love good Western because That's of awesome. him. Yes. So. Alrighty, so yeah. back That's cover. That's exciting. Yes, back cover. All right, you're hearing from me a lot today, um, right now. So enjoy. Um, <laughs> hello. Um, her so life sounds with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, her life was like a bad dream that just kept getting worse until the Lord awakened her to a new future of hope. Juliana Ortiz gave up her hopes for a perfect life long ago. She's 32 and alone, and she's accepted that. For how could she ask anyone to share in the absurdity? That has become her life. Her brother is languishing in prison. His fellow gang members are constantly harassing her, and her father, who was absent for so long, has returned. And as if Juliana needs more aggravation, along comes the notorious gunslinger named Del Norte. Their first meeting is frustrating. Did I pronounce that wrong word? No. Okay. The way that you looked at, or you're just thinking about him. I was just <laughs> looking at Madeline, and we were both thinking the same. Waggling like, our eyebrows. Mm, Del Norte. Del Norte. Their first meeting is frustrating, so much so that she'd rather see him dead than talk to him again. A wish that almost comes true. Yet this enigmatic, 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 enigmatic man may just hold the key to saving all that matters most to her. Mm. All right. Love it. Here we are. Star ratings. Star ratings. Star ratings. One of you ladies are up first. Give me a chance to take a little sip of coffee. Um, I'll go first. I, I rated this um, 3.5. Um, probably leaning a smidge closer to four than to three, I would say, because I really quite enjoyed it. I had very low expectations for this because it's um, a Western romance written by a man in the early 2000s. So I was like, boy, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> like, I was just ready to Despite not like it. Despite my recommendations. Well, <laughs> I've just read some stuff like that before and they haven't been good. Anyways, it had nothing to do with Odette recommending it um, and everything to do with other factors. But I was pleasantly surprised. I really enjoyed it. The author is very funny. Mm -hmm. um, it's very the, quippy. Yes, it is very quippy. And, it's, and it moves along nice. And the um, portrayal, like him writing the female main character was not, it wasn't weird. It was actually pretty good. Um, and so that was refreshing. And then, of course, it's Western, so you get the, the fun feel of it being a Western, and they're in the mm -hmm. desert, and they're riding horses, and they're saddling the horses and... In, in the saloon and doing all the things, and it's great. So <laughs> Yes. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. So three point, a sol like solid 3.5. 
I really quite enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. Well, um, on Goodreads, I gave it a four, but my rating is probably more truly a 3.8. I really enjoyed the book. Um, There was some aspects of it that I was like, whoa, what's happening? (laughs) Um, Because it did move like really, really quickly. Um, but again, yeah, I was also I was also like, meh, I don't want to read a Western romance written from a woman's point of view written by a man. But, I mean, it was great. I thought it was well done. Um, the romance was fun. Mm-hmm. It, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, and the setting was so fun. Because not only was it a Western, but it was like, uh, like New Mexico, yeah. Texas, Mexico area. So mm-hmm. there was this. Um, lots of integration of uh, Mexican culture as mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. Um, and it was just very fun to read. I enjoyed it. Three point eight. Love that. I'm gonna go four point two five. Okay. For the record, this is the highest rating I have given a book. Oh, oh really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so far, um, <clears throat> I was so blown away by how much I love this book as an adult because as we've talked on other podcasts sometimes you read something as a child mm-hmm. and the lens that you read it through <clears throat> excuse me um we were having kind of a laughing fit earlier so I think my throat's like um, <laughs> I'm, I'm dealing with the same thing for the same reason <laughs> um anyways sometimes something just strikes you as funny That's um true. so I was gonna say um back to why I gave it 4.25 stars is because I felt like they did such a good job of the portrayal of um Juliana and her character Del Norte also I feel like they did an incredible job like he it's just a very fun read and it was very easy to read you get lost in the story from the very beginning there's also the right amount of descriptive detail so there's so many parts about it that I loved I feel like the god factor was great in this so um yeah and even um I feel like they displayed as Madeline said various cultures very um in a very fun way and so that was a a great read so and plus I love a good like outlaw versus hero heroine situation so who doesn't who doesn't honestly yeah alrighty yeah is it time it is for time. Mads Rad Reviews Mads Rad Reviews <laughs> four we're gonna be our own we're gonna be our own sound test love it okay at first I was like there's no reviews for this book <laughs> I was looking but with some digging and Morgan's help we found some um, that are interesting. There's actually, truly, on Goodreads, because um, that's where mm-hmm. I do my hunting for reviews, there's not actually that many, it's not reviewed by that many people, which is interesting. Um, so, let's start. Here's a five-star review from Sharon. She said, reading draws me into the story. <laughs> what? Five stars? Five stars. <laughs> like, is she I don't just know saying, what that means, Sharon. Is she know? saying, like, the verb reading? Like the action of reading draws her in the story, <laughs> or we this book. We don't know. We, we don't know. <laughs> we don't. But the very definition of reading a book, hopefully, is that you're drawn into the story. So it seems a little on the nose. <laughs> we love you, Sharon. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> okay, here we go. Bethany. Bethany said, Oh, no, not Bethany. I'm sorry. Aaron. Aaron said, Juliana Ortiz runs into someone who speaks the same language and has known the same heartache as herself, literally. What is her connection with this man? <laughs> that was her review? How many stars? Three stars. Three stars. <laughs> Three stars. I don't... Also, Aaron, I'm confused. I don't... 
know what that means. Okay, here's our final. Here's our final. Was that you adding something, or was that what the review says at the end? No, 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 no. that was me. That oh, was okay. being no. confused to Erin, not knowing what she means. <laughs> here's our final review. Two stars by T. Wilsdorf. <laughs> Don't I'm laugh. Sorry. That's probably their name. I'm sorry. Madeline <laughs> said it funny. I did. I was just pronouncing, enunciating it. Okay. He T. Wilsdorf gave it two stars with the subject line for their review that says, reads like a play script. Okay, okay. here's what the review Apparently they don't like plays. It's a long one. I'm confused why this book got such glowing reviews. I tried to read it, but I couldn't get past the first few pages. It read just like a play script. Almost all dialogue, no emotion, very little description. Juliana, most of all, had zero personality. She took cardboard character, air quotes, to a whole new level. Her twin brother is about to face a firing squad soon, and they have an interaction that's as cold and meaningless as a business transaction. I got no sense of feeling. What kind of people were they? What they meant to each other? Dot, dot, dot. Nothing. If you <laughs> read more than the first couple of pages. <laughs> because there was so much dialogue and so little introspection and description. I didn't even know who anyone was in this story. I think it would be a good story if someone hired good actors to play it out on the stage, perhaps. But I sure couldn't get anything from it by reading that script, in air quotes. <laughs> well, T. Wilsdorf, I think that maybe if you had read more than just the first few pages, you might have changed your opinion. Also, but. that's a bold move to read a few pages of a book. And then and write a, a paragraph review. <laughs> that review is probably longer than the words he read in the book. I will say, though. You've done I, it before? No. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll DNF a book and then, like, I have a, a category for that on Goodreads and then I yeah. say why I DNF'd it usually, yeah. but I don't, DNF I don't give it a start. Do not finish. Yeah. Right? Do not finish. Did not yeah. finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I was going to say one thing I agreed with this person was. T. Wilsdorf. Yes. Okay. One thing I agreed with T. Wilsdorf <laughs> was that I do agree that it would be great if they hired some good actors oh, to act it out on the But you did not like the on, book in the. Act it out on a stage, on a perhaps. Stage. Perhaps. Well, yeah. Or a screen, perhaps. Or a screen, perhaps. Honestly, All I'm saying, mm-hmm. T. Wilsdorf, is you got a, you got something there. You got something there. <clears throat> do you have any connections in the film industry? I would love to see this as a movie, is what I'm saying. Oh, or yeah. on the stage, perhaps. This would be, this would be a great This film. would be a great film. This would be, honestly, all the above. A Hallmark <gasps> historical Western movie? Oh, let's go. Come let's on. go. I feel like we need to talk to somebody about, like... Who would play Del Norte? Cameron Matheson? We could get Cameron Matheson to play Del Norte. We could get... We. We could get we Cameron could. Matheson. <laughs> we could get Cameron do you Matheson have connections that we to play Del Norte? And... We'll think about Juliana, because I can't think off T- the top of my head yeah, of any um, Hispanic um, actresses that are acting in Hallmark, Hallmark, Hallmark films. films. Okay, so but I've why can't a, we think bigger? Maybe it doesn't just need to be Hallmark, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, but that's that's the vibe that I was going for, and Cameron mm-hmm. Matheson is a pretty... He's in the lane of Hallmark, so I was trying to think in that. No, in I that get that. So I would have to do some more research on the actress, but I'm sure that... yeah. Yeah, we'd be buying tickets to opening night is all I'm saying. 100%. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. So, let's D- dive, dive in. in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, so I'm so glad you guys can't see our little hand motions. <laughs> we're we're uh, recording this pretty late, so we're all a little punchy. Okay. <laughs> so, please excuse so, the Western. <laughs> the Western puns. <laughs> okay. Copious amounts of Western puns that will inevitably come. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, summary. We open up with... 
Juliana. Are we saying it's technically Juliana? Oh, it sure. Is Juliana. But Juliana. Are, should we say it Juliana or are we saying it Juliana? I will do my best to say it Juliana, but okay. Lord, we all know I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> I do that with all names. <laughs> the Lord knows. I know. Morgan yeah. knows. The we listeners know. know. We all know. <laughs> okay. So Juliana is visiting her brother Guillermo in, in prison. prison. A Mexican prison. Yes. Yes, in Mexico. In Mexico. And he <laughs> is... <laughs> A Mexican prison. You guys are both like, in Mexico. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know why I, don't I felt know the need to make the distinction. Because you did say that. <laughs> and she's basically like, well, you know, you messed up and you're going to die. And uh, the Bible said that you shouldn't do this. Like, it was a very kind of weird, like, it back was. and forth. I mean, in T. Wilsdorf's defense, that was a weird interaction. <laughs> that was a weird interaction. Uh, and he's kind of like, yeah, I mean, he's basically just saying, like, no, you need to help. Like, what yeah. kind of sister would yeah. help me get out, escape from you? And help she's like, the plan. I've helped you so many times. I'm not going to help you escape from prison. I've shed so many tears for you, is what oh. she says. So basically, oh, okay. you can tell in this interaction that it's that, like, he's clearly lived a life of, I'll say, less than above the law situation. An yes, mm-hmm. exactly. An outlaw, an outlaw life. And this twin sister, she's over it. She's over it. She's done so. So he's you. So right. So and she like, says like no one's prayed for you more fervently, and he says like well you prayed the devil if you know. So there's just yeah. a, this like interaction that she's just like. And he's I mean he's set to be executed, executed. by he's, firing he's, squad. Yes, in Mexico. At a Mexican prison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. So anyways, <laughs> that's how we open, and you find out. That. So she leaves the prison mm-hmm. and she's encountered by three men mm-hmm. who are members of Guillermo's gang. posse, his yes. gang. So basically, they're like, "Hermana, Hermana, what are we gonna do? We gotta, we gotta bust our brother out of here." And she's like, "I'm not busting nobody out of anywhere." Because <laughs> there's no legal way to do this. Y'all can come yeah. up with your own plan, but I will not be involved in anything I'm illegal. Not I'm tired of doing this. I just want to go home to my jewelry shop in New Mexico. Leave me alone and let me go home. Where's Paco, my nephew that I live with? Mm-hmm. Yes, and <laughs> I take care of for my sister who because he's ten. Paco is yes. ten. Yeah, a delightful. Yeah. Boy. So she is caring for her sister's um, son, her sister, and her husband passed away. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, in the midst of this exchange between the it's other members, two guys. Of, yeah. So it's two guys. Oh, it's two guys. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's the three guys members, in the gang yes. with the other members of the gang. Third member comes running up. He's got some saddlebags in his hand. He stole them from his. somebody. Yeah. <laughs> And all of a sudden, he's being pursued by the guy he stole them from. Whatever. Turns out, uh, the guy he stole them from is the notorious gunslinger we heard about on the back cover, named Del Norte. Del Norte. And he's very <laughs> mad about his saddlebags. And he thinks Juliana sure. had something to do with it. Right, because she was hanging right, out with yeah. this guy. So yes. he basically encounters her. He's like, what's going on? Like, who are these men? Go get... I mean... I'm gonna. Ta- I'm about to take you in because you yes. you stole my stuff. She's yeah. Like, I didn't steal your stuff. So they have this exchange that's kind of like harsh, and they judge each other very quickly in that moment yes. about who who the other is. Um, and he even says to the point where where he says to her, "Well, where do you live so I can avoid going there?" And right. like, what's the feel about? And she's like, "I live in Lordsburg. Do not ever come there." Like, da 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 da. If you, if you ever show up there, you'll be shot on sight. Yes. <laughs> where, yes. where should I send word where to your family? family? No, yes. Where should I send your? Oh, where that's where right. do you live so I can send your dead body back yes. to your hometown? <laughs> it's right. a very like it's a hilarious, hilarious. Little interchange. Yes. And, and you can tell yeah. you're both intrigued. 
but, but also but like he's I mean she's irritated with him but he's, he's getting his flirt on he's flirting he's right after when he realizes she didn't like, steal his saddlebag she's like, like oh you fine she's and what's she's your like, street address so I can avoid your home and she's like wink wink she's like I will shoot you um but yeah so then she doesn't she go back home well, basically, she finds Paco. She's like, we came what we did to do in Mexico, mm-hmm. which was say goodbye, say goodbye to Guillermo. Uh-huh. Um, plead with him one more time to repent and change his ways, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to get on a train. They did get on a train back to Lordsburg, yes. Mexico. Um, well, and then, sorry, Del Norte, the silence. Yeah. Del Norte ends up on the train with them. Does he end up on the train? No, 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 no. He ends up... Okay, wait, wait, wait. I don't know what happened. I literally, <laughs> I like, I I literally read this book yesterday. This book. I literally read this book yesterday. <laughs> so they're, they're getting out of town. They're in a wagon. They're yes. leaving town. Yes. And then they start being followed by someone. Oh, Paco's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. who's following us? It's Del Norte. Of course it is. And um, He's basically like, do you mind if I ride alongside oh, you? Yeah. And she's like, yes, I do mind. Yeah. Um, but he but ends he up riding alongside him. And then they, they end up chatting. He meets Paco. Like, there's this just delightful, like, dialogue yes. between all three. Because Paco's also this, like, very, uh, I don't know if precocious is. Oh, precocious. Yes, yes. yes, he's for sure yes. precocious. Um, and, he, and he talks about that he was going to be a governor the, uh, of New Mexico. So he's, like, he yes. has very high yeah. aspirations. And it's very. Anyway, so in the middle of this, before they get to the train, because you're right, they do get on the train together. But he sees. Um, some uh, activity and he's like hold on let so me go see what's yes mm-hmm. so he's like let me go check in this and she's like so basically and she's kind of like no because at that point they're like she realizes like she's not as hateful towards him as she was moments ago yeah. when yeah. he was they're accusing her of being some yeah. rapport he's some being rapport. more reasonable now yes. not <laughs> accusing her of stealing his saddlebags yes. sure so anyways so basically you find out that there was this gang who was trying to like sneak up on him and like all this kind of stuff and so he basically gets on the train and he has had a large cut on his forehead because he got sliced during the fight but like literally one against five guys and literally hung them their like feet from the tree Uh so they could get captured by the federales Uh um and so with their shoulders like resting on the ground so that way they would so anyways um so he gets on the train and they're talking and him and Juliana are very like I think they're kind of start to flirt a little bit here oh, and there. Sure. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yes, and it's like, he's, but he's got this big old mm-hmm. head wound, and he says yeah. that he's fine, and he has like kind of a bandana over it. But anyways, long he's story short, he's clearly short. not fine. He's got his hat, and so anyways, the the train ride to Lords back to Lordsburg, where she one. lives. They yes. all fall yeah. asleep. They wake up when they get to Lordsburg. She's trying to wake Del Norte, but he's up. passed out. He's passed out, and she realizes, oh, he's not just sleeping really hard. He's like he's yeah. unconscious he right literally. now yeah. because yeah. of the head wound. Lost a lot of them. So. They get some people to help him off of the train and end up, much to her dismay, bringing him back to her house where she lives as a single woman. Yeah, and she's with like Paco, mortified. Yes. Like, don't let. Like, she's don't she's like, she's see. like, take him, like, put him through like the back way of the house. She's like, don't let anyone. She's see telling her. her friend, she's like, you can't say anything. She told the guy <laughs> who helped them bring her in, who's a friend of hers, like, you can't tell anybody that he's here don't you dare tell anybody but also she's a little bit concerned because house. he's like a notorious gunslinger oh, yeah she has no idea i mean so it's like two so it's like yeah, twofold. twofold like she doesn't yes. want word getting out that she is a single woman and has a man in her home as well as it's 1884 you know what i'm saying don't right. be all about that scandal you know so she so true and also she doesn't want anyone coming to him because he's you know right so his head wound needs to be stitched 
she gets one of her friends who is this this series this book is in a series called the bells of lordsburg um is the name of the series and Juliana is one of the Bells of Lordsburg. So she gets one of her girlfriends who happens to be another one of the Bells of Lordsburg, which Quinn's another book is written about. Yes. Yeah, the second book. The to General's come, Notorious Widow. The General's Notorious Widow. To come and sew up this head wound, because she doesn't know how to do it. Yes. And um, then she, you know, tends him through the night. She's, like, well, trying to watch for his fever not to spike, yeah. and she ends up, like... Basically talking to him all night long while he's unconscious. Which she tells him her, yeah, telling him her life story and like making herself rather comfortable in his presence. Yes. Um, and be then, comfortable. Be comfortable. Yes. So Agreed. the next day, this is the part where I was like, okay, the next like three chapters after this are so crazy because there's so many characters yeah. coming and going in her little so she lives in an apartment that is attached to her jewelry shop yeah mm-hmm. so the front half of the building is the jewelry <laughs> shop and the back half of the building is the apartment and yes. the next couple of chapters mm-hmm. there are people coming into the jewelry shop leaving the jewelry shop coming into the apartment leaving the apartment coming into the jewelry shop people who can't see what's in the apartment people people trying to get into the apartment who shouldn't see what's in the jewelry shop and oh my gosh it's very <laughs> confusing but Somebody else somewhere. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that part is that basically it's she's trying to like run her business and there's this chaos of kind of um, Del Norte in the back, but then she's trying to run her business and she meets the new reverend and his wife who flew in f- or came was in hilarious. from hilarious. That was that, hilarious. That scene was hilarious. Um, I think Michigan, maybe? Wisconsin. 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 Okay. Um, so they come in from the Midwest to New Mexico in the 1800s. And, and they um, are shocked. They are shocked. <laughs> and they also, like, say a lot of things that you're like, you can't say that. And Juliana is just very nice to them and just, like, but also teases them and points yes. out what they shouldn't be saying. Things like. Yeah, she handles it really well. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you speak really good English for the fact that you're Mexican, you know, and things like that. And you're like, okay. And like, you're like, yikes. And, she and she's just also. Has, she, like. Is polite, but also at the same time, like subtly points out, like, "Hey, you can't, you say, can't say that. Like, yeah. that's rude. Which would be yeah. rude. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Which, which I so appreciated. Well yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was very funny, and she just like kept putting her foot in her mouth. The the Reverend's wife, and yes. it was just one of those things. I think it was Posey. Mm-hmm. Posey. Um, yes. Um, but and at then the same time, the gang, yes, shows gang, up. shows up at her back door because they and won't her, leave her alone, and, and they're, they're like, trying to come in, and she's like, they can't come in because she doesn't want them to know Del Norte is in her apartment. So she's like, oh, they'll give us food, Hermana. They say like, you know, like all this stuff, and so she goes, okay, but you have to eat it on the patio. So she like gives food to them on the patio, keeps checking on Del Norte, runs back up to check it's on her chaos. shop. Like, and there's, there's so and, much And, and then there's on. someone else watching the, the shop for her at one point sells a ring for $10 instead of $1. Yeah. And so it's this like chaotic it's kind chaotic. of, and it's like the town, I think too, because this is the third one, I think some of the characters. I'm sure we would have met in mm-hmm. books one and two. That yeah, because the first book, the senator's other daughter, is that first one you introduce because when the woman comes to the town for the first time, you get introduced to oh, a lot to of the characters. characters. So that it's, sense. yeah. So I feel like that, that part did feel a little chaotic. Normally I don't mind like coming in on series late with books like this. Cause they're their own stories. So you feel right. like, Oh, it'll be fine. But this, there was some elements of this. So I'm like, it probably yeah. Cause even her friend Lexi too. is the, and then Gracie's the, in the first yes. book or whatever. Yeah. So, Anyways. so, uh, Basically, what ends up happening is the gang is really just there because they're still trying to get um, Juliana's help to free Guillermo, to come Mm -hmm. up with a plan to free Guillermo. And basically, a series of events happens, um, 
and we find out that Juliana's very estranged father has come back into town. Mm-hmm. Gracie's <laughs> like, hey, your dad's here. Amongst all this other chaos that's happening, she's like, my dad's here? Yeah, he's going to come He's gonna mm-hmm. come over, basically. Um, yeah. So she hasn't seen her dad in 20 years. Her dad was a, not a good not dad. Not a good guy. Um, basically would, would leave, would take, would take Guillermo and leave her and her sister and her mom just to fend for themselves for months at a time while he went on this wild, like, goose chases looking for, like, money and, like, chasing, like, gold schemes and stuff. Um, so really bad, like, feeling about her dad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she hasn't seen him in 20 years. So he shows up. And the up. timing, it's just like a weird. It's, yes. it's really it's, weird timing. Yeah. So he walks in and shows up and is basically like, hey, um, what's, you know, hi, I'm, I'm here. I know you might be angry with me, but what's happening with Guillermo? Like, do you think we should, I mean, you know, like. Yeah. yeah. Can you come Guillermo? visit him with me? Yeah. I want you to take, yeah, I want you to go with me to Mexico. And she's like, I literally was just there. Uh-huh. I literally just said I would never go back, and I really don't want to take you. Definitely I'm not going to go with you. Yeah. don't want to go with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, in the meantime, one thing we forgot to mention, so on her return back from Mexico, she is stopping by a jewelry store to pick up some jewelry for her friend who oh, yeah. she ordered jade jewelry, and when she goes into the store, because she's like, uh, it's she going to a wholesaler, um, and she, when she's going like on the way to... like. Um, there's basically a robbery in progress. She gets knocked out. Yeah. And she hears a laughter for a woman that sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, around the same oh, time... Oh, and she says, that was Ramona Hawk. Yes. This notorious woman who was in, supposed jail, to be in jail. In, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, um, she... Um, and this is relevant because right around the time that her father... So this is like all happening kind of the next day. Yeah. Her father's... And Del Norte is kind of waking up, but still, like, very weak and stuff like that. Her father's in town. She hasn't seen him in 20 years. It's this whole thing. Um, she hears Gracie, her friend who works for the Telegraph Company, okay. tells her that Ramona Hawk has escaped, and it's been two weeks, meaning that she could very easily be in... Um, and it could have been the woman who heard Because she actually like has she met thought, Ramona yeah. Hawk before, so she, like, knows her laughter, and that's why it was, like, yeah. weird for her. But she also had a blonde... She was a blonde woman. Yeah. Um, she didn't so. look... It didn't... The it person didn't that like she saw... Hard, or the, but it I sounds like Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So that's... That is an important aspect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So basically, her dad's like, how about you meet me back here for lunch? I'm going to go play with my grandson at the depot, and you can decide. I'll, she's like, I'll let you know later tonight if I'm going to take you to Mexico to go see Guillermo. So she goes to meet him for lunch, finds out he left. Basically, somebody came to the depot told this she finds this out from the gang from Guillermo's gang yeah she finds out that somebody came to the depot told him that there was a way to get Guillermo out <laughs> of prison um some exchanging some goods some gold some stolen jewels whatever and that if he helped he could help you know get Guillermo out so he basically goes with these random people and he has <laughs> no idea who they are and uh Juliana's furious she's like are you kidding me right now um um, and then basically goes back, Del Norte's awake, she tells him all the stuff that's happened with her father, and he's like, you know what, we, we need to go back to Mexico. We need to go back to Mexico. She's like, I didn't want to go back to Mexico. And he's like, I have to send a, let me send a couple telegrams, but I know what we're going to do. And it's very, like, and cryptic. He, and he can't tell you, yeah. he's like, get that. He's like, do you know what I told you, I have to kill you type of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so she has her friend Gracie come over, and he, like, dictates telegraphs to Gracie. 
who's the telegraph operator, but like Julia Juliana cannot. She's like this. No, she she can't know what it is. She's right. like no, yes. you know. So it's very cryptic, but you are like, okay, so he has a plan, but we still don't know if this guy is yeah. a good guy or a bad guy. Like, we have no idea what side he's on. We're, I'm getting the impression, based on his actions somewhat, that he is a good guy. I would point. say he seems ambiguous. Yeah. To me, he just seems like this could go either way. Yes. At this point. So basically, the time, they're like packing, getting ready, because she's like, okay, fine, let's go Like, back Paco's going to come with us. And everyone's Paco's making these jokes of that, they need a chaperone. chaperone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because at this point, they're being, all of their interactions are incredibly flirtatious. Oh. They keep quoting these lines back and oh, forth yeah. to each other. Yes. Like, she'll start quoting this line, and he'll quote, he'll finish it. And vice versa. They're not like well-known quotes either. And he's like, how, you're reading my mind. How are you doing this? And she goes, I'm. How are you doing? How are like you doing this? Confused, you know yeah. what's in my mind. It's like yeah. they've. She's like, maybe we read the same book, and he's like, I don't know. And it's like this weird kind of connection that they have that's kind of fun, and you find yeah. out more about it later. Anyway, so they're getting ready to go to Mexico. Roberto Alvarez shows up, who's one of the gang. Um, also happens to be Juliana's half brother. He's one of the Guillermo's gang. Oh, shows up. I didn't catch that. He's show. been shot. Yikes. <laughs> she's like, Lord. Are you playing a cruel joke on me? Because I can't handle this anymore. She basically is like, you know what, Roberto? You stay here. I got to go to Mexico. Um, like, I got a piece. You can stay here. Um. I want to say one thing. Didn't um, she get her friend, Gracie, who has connections in Washington, to get some information on Del Norte, too? Oh, yeah. Yes. She, so she, she was so, like, I need some info and so, on this guy. So, like, because it's in set in eighteen. 80s mm-hmm. um they, she basically finds out that basically they there's rumors that he was a spy during the during the civil war because he for both, both sides, sides. Yes. <laughs> um and also that he was engaged to ramona, ramona Hawk. Hawk. she finds out that little detail that he had been engaged to ramona Hawk. so because because that's going to come up later on yes so. so basically i can't remember when they find out about her dad but they are on their way to mexico with her uh juliano that's why Paco they go to mexico del norte because they're going to get, because Ramona Hawk takes her father and sends word and basically oh, so says that, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's oh, why they're that's going right. to Mexico. Because when the gang comes back and Roberto has been shot, they, they're bringing a message from Ramona Hawk. Yes. Basically, yeah. the people who picked him up at the depot were members of Ramona Hawk's gang. Yes. Or holding him hostage. Until they get Until Guillermo. they get Guillermo in exchange. So, out of jail. Out of jail. So, like, you can he Guillermo something out of jail that Ramona wants. your father. Yeah. Guillermo has something that I want, Ramona Hawk says. So Del Norte's like, let's go. He's like, I have a plan. Oh I got gosh. a plan. I sent some, te- don't worry, I sent a couple telegrams. <laughs> <laughs> also, so, like, hope they made it there before. You know? right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So they get on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, they're riding back. Everybody keeps talking as though everyone's like, oh, Senora Ortiz. And they're like, Oh, your husband this, your husband that. And she is making no move to correct anyone. And you see no. her internal dialogue. Well, because he's like, like sleeping because he's still really sick. And so he's sleeping on her shoulder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her internal dialogue is like, you know what? This would be too difficult to explain. But whatever. I mean, it's not that hard to say. Too, he's not thinks, my husband. Well, and also, but also would it have been. It could kind that's, of that's true. Yeah, you know, at true. that time. Because um, I'm sorry, a 10 year old. Is not a chaperone. Right. So, anyways, yeah. So, uh, they... They arrive, like, at the town that they're going to, like, then cross the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. And they get into a hearse. 
Like basically, oh yeah, there's like yeah, a hearse there's waiting, a hearse yes. waiting for and, them, and there's and literally she's black just clothing. Like, Devote, what's going on? He's like, <laughs> I told you, I have a plan. Yeah, I have this all planned out. There's like a coffin in the back of it, yes, a wooden coffin. Um, there's um, there's like a black veil for her to wear, yes. and she's like, he's like, and there's like black clothes for Paco. Like he's thought of everything. Yeah, he's like, here's what we're gonna do. Yeah, we are going to go up to the jail. Mm-hmm. I know the jailer. I know the warden. Yeah. We're going to go up to the jail and we're going to be a mourning family and he is going to release your brother to us because your brother died tragically in prison. He did not die. But he basically, <laughs> he waltz, he waltzes right into, Del Norte waltzes right into the jail. Yeah. And the, the federal is like, even like, what do you need from us? And they're also like, thanks for uh, stringing up those guys by the tree. Oh yeah. Earlier, oh, yeah, a couple days right. earlier. Yeah. And they're like, what happened to you? And he's like, oh, you know, and I'm stringing up those guys, you know, like yada, yada, yada. Basi- so basically he's like, yeah, can you put Guillermo in this hearse? And they're like, anything you need, Del Norte. And they're like, what? basically pull around the back. <laughs> and it's like the middle of the night too. It's crazy. So they, Guillermo is bound and gagged. They put him in this coffin and they ride back out of town yep. and nobody's the wiser so basically they're Guillermo's like as soon as he finds out it's Del Norte that's with Juliana he's like no shoot out. him he's like yeah. Juliana shoot him shoot him and he's like freaking out because again he's this notorious gunslinger nobody yeah. knows if he's good or bad they only know his reputation so um basically they're like kind of filling in Guillermo on what they're going to do, but also kind of keeping him in the dark because he's kind of a loose cannon. Um, but they're basically like, no, we got to go get dad. Also, oh, like, why does Ramona Hawk want you out of jail? Like, oh, what, yeah. like, and like, right. what does she have that you And he want? kind of like, and he's like, oh, I sell jewels for her, and da, 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 da. But then it finally comes out that he has guns. A stash yeah. of guns. guns. Somewhere. And they're yes. like, you need to take us to the guns. And he's like... Yeah, mm, and he like hesitates, but then Del Norte, of course, wins. Meanwhile, like the yes. entire time, the dialogue between Del Norte and Juliana because is fantastic. It's glowing. It's, so it's good. glowing. It's, it's sparkling. Just snappy. This yes. is when yes. also like literally there. Okay, so just like paint this picture. It is okay. the middle of the night. Okay. Okay. They're riding back on this hearse wagon. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was technically called a hearse, but Guillermo was literally in a coffin. Literally in a coffin. <laughs> Paco is. Paco Hands is bound. Them, yes. <laughs> And Del Norte and Juliana are floating so much that they end up kissing while riding in the front of this. It's just a funny picture. They're like, what is happening? Because Paco's like sleeping in the back. His uncle is literally bound and gagged in a true. coffin. Yeah, it's, it's a it's funny true. setting for that. But honestly, but it works. It works. It's, it's a Western. Spark- it's sparkling. It is. No, I wasn't laughing because it's fantastic. No, it's yeah, just yeah, funny yeah. that like, if you think about all the factors. Oh, yes. Yeah. What I mean. And then at one point, there's this, there's this sweet it's, moment. What's going to happen is going to happen. Don't exactly. stop. Don't fight it. Don't there you fight go. it. <laughs> uh, don't fight it. Honestly, I get it. I wouldn't fight that. Um, <laughs> don't fight this feeling. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, anyways, so basically, they... Um, well, one thing I, we need to say oh. before that is that um, along this way... It kind of comes out because they, they, they finally un like ungag Guillermo and he's talking and basically because he can clearly tell that Del Norte and Juliana are like kind of becoming an item. Yeah, yeah. And so he basically tells like him and Juliana have this sweet moment where like he basically says that like 
when mom died, I was really sad. I like threw up and I almost killed myself. Like he basically talks yeah. about like this, like really kind of sentimental side that she's never seen. Cause he's always kind of just been with her dad. And then when his, her dad left, like he became an outlaw. And so it's just been this like weird thing. And then he basically tells Del Norte, if you hurt her, like, I know I'm not a good man, but like if you hurt my sister, she's a good woman. I'll basically come kill you. And Del Norte's like, I get it. I agree if I heard her, you know? So you're just like, what is even happening? Like, you're like, what is going on? <laughs> it's, it is yeah. But it's like also it's delightful. Kind of, it's anyway. Yes. So they basically, Guillermo takes them suppose like to where the guns are. But in the meantime, he finds out that his gang has gone there before him, even though he rehid them and, and taken the guns. And he's like really mad. He's like, how could they betray me like that? Like, how could you betray them? Also, they were like, you were dying in prison. Yeah. What were they? What so. else were they going to do? You were facing the firing squad. Yeah. So basically, they um, they basically hatched this plot to recapture Ramona Hawk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're like, here's what we're going to do because people ride up when they're while they're looking for the guns, and it's part of Ramona Hawk's posse. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're coming with us, and Del Norte's like, no, <laughs> you bring Ramona Hawk back here, and the guy's like, you don't understand. She doesn't take orders. And Del Norte's like, neither do I. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's just like showdown. And and then they have this and whole thing like, where they're like, got, I'm going to shoot. I'll give you yes. to the count of ten to get your sorry. No, he doesn't say it. But it's very Western. He's like, I'll give you to the count of ten to get on out of here or whatever. Yella, no good keister off this property. Exactly. I thought and that, he like got to, gets his shotgun. And I thought like, that was Guillermo what? saying that and Julianix. I thought that Del Norte was hiding in the back of the wagon. That's accurate. That's true. Okay, it was Guillermo. It was Guillermo because <laughs> but listen, and, it was Del Norte's plan. Yeah, it yes. was Del Norte's idea. Oh, of course, the vibe. But, is so, there. so it was Guillermo and Juliana sitting in the front of the wagon, and then Del Norte was hiding, but mm-hmm. he could like eat, like he had the 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 carbine gun like locked oh. at first on, on Guillermo's back. He was like, if you try anything, like, I'm trying funny business. Fair enough. Because at this point, Guillermo had already tried to escape once while oh, they were yeah. fording a river. Well, also, he literally, also, he literally um, almost like made Del Norte unconscious and like hit him so hard in the ear that his ear is swollen. Oh, right. yeah, oh my right. gosh. So he's a loose cannon. Del Norte is a hot mess with all of oh, his yeah. injuries. All of his head wounds. I thought you were just going to say hot. I was like, well. Well, well there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, you know. I get it. And that's the book. But a hot mess. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah. <laughs> no. So basically, okay. Ramona, Hawk, and her posse do come back. Mm-hmm. They convince them. And they, they set up this like scheme to make it look like Guillermo's been shot and that he's bloodied. Wait, and can you pause one second? Because I realized we forgot to include something really, really important. Oh my gosh. Yeah, say it. Okay, so we find out. So remember how we said there, there was a connection? We find out that years ago, Juliana, she basically oh. like... Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Odette. No wow. problem. So we thing. find out that she basically um, had kind of started dating years before and she um started getting these letters like she basically kind of i don't want to say like stepped out into society but it kind of seemed that way you know made herself available to the gentleman folks um and she basically (laughs) gentleman folk gentlemen you're right you're right keep going keep going it's correct okay anyways so (laughs) the podcast is probably like why did you say gentlemen folks no that's that's Um, perfectly fine you got it right um so anyways um so she starts getting these letters that have these beautiful things, lines. and that's it's the lines that she's been quoting with Del Norte. And he knows them. And he knows them because she tells Del Norte, and she like has never told anyone this. She's like, she's I... like, I. So she basically says that it wasn't. So she fell in love with this man, this mystery man, man and that was, man that was writing all. 
these letters. I was writing all these um, love letters Lines to her, basically. To her, yeah. And so she invited him over, and it turned out to be Ramona Hawk, who actually robbed yeah. Juliana of all of her uh, expensive jewels. And she basically laughed at her the whole time and called her, like, a weak woman and all this kind of stuff. And so what she finds out, though, is that... Um, it's like she, so she assumed that Julian or she assumed that Ramona Hawk had written, had the, written letters the letters because it was Ramona Hawk who set her up. Just it was a whole thing was a setup just to rob her store. Yes, and we know that Del Norte was engaged to Ramona Hawk, yes. so she just jumped to the conclusion where it was like, well, she wrote these letters to you too. So she yes. like tells this to right. So it's like, oh, that's how you know these lines. Ramona wrote them to you. We were yeah. both taken in by a line. Yeah. You know, we were both yeah. like deceived yes. by her. And it was been such a point of shame. Like if I could be deceived and taken in by like this, a woman, a woman that yeah. I've never even met, like how yeah. weak am I? And it was like a point of shame for yes. her. Absolutely. Um, um, so she confided that in Del Norte, and he was like very like. Um, comforting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now flash forward yes. to. So they're setting Guillermo up their scheme to yes. trap Ramona, basically um, tricks her into thinking Guillermo's dead. She comes over there, Juliana kicks her down, grabs her by the hair, and gets well, her gun call, out of her hand. That's what we call a cat fight. Exactly. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Del Norte comes out of nowhere. And she's basically like everyone's held, holding everybody else at, gun, at gunpoint. It's like a classic, like. Hold out moment. In the end, Ramona Hawk ends up getting knocked unconscious and thrown over a horse to be taken back in. Um, they capture her successfully. It's a whole little scuffle that happens. Um, but she does get captured, which is great. Uh, so they take her back in, and as they're riding, like, to take her to, I don't know, the, is, I guess back to the U.S. to be? I don't know. U.S. where, wherever they are. Um... As they're riding to take her back in is when Del Norte basically tells her, write the thing about the lines. Yes. At that point. Yes. He so does. He, yeah, you can say it. He tells her that it was actually what he wrote to Ramona. Right. So, it wasn't Ramona no, writing to him. No, it was him writing to Ramona. It was his and lines to Ramona. And then Juliana's like, oh, I've been in love with you oh for God. 10 years. And she's and I didn't like know. crying. She's like, oh my she's God. Crying. So well, I and also like they you. joke about marriage throughout this whole yeah. thing or whatever. And then she's going to a friend's wedding. They end up because they're like soaking wet from this kerfuffle in the, in the, the river. Pond. Yes. <laughs> or whatever they are. Yes. Um, and um, so they end up then kind of riding off. Oh, the other thing we'll say is that um, when he tells, because eventually it becomes less of a joke and more of like, oh no, there's definitely interest in like marriages on the table for them too. Um, she says she won't marry a man that she's never kissed, doesn't know his occupation, because he's very vague about his occupation, yeah. and that she doesn't know his real name. She's like, there's no way your real name is Del Norte. So that's when they have their yes. little conversation. She said that a while ago to him, yes. and he's like, well, I can fix one of those right now. Right, and that's yeah. when he kisses Sorry. her on the, car on the <laughs> carriage with Guillermo tied up in the back oh, and Paco yeah. just sleeping back there, which is <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yes. Um, so then they finally get back to town. Yes. They miss Gracie's wedding or Lexi's wedding. Lexi's wedding, sadness. But um, she gets thrown. She catches the bouquet just in time to catch the yes. bouquet. And oh, then everyone's that. like, "You're getting okay." So now I just need to read you the ending because it is delightful. Oh, the really? last like yes. okay, yes. okay. So, um, Juliana reached straight forward and caught it. This is the bouquet. Everyone clapped. You are going to get married next, Paco shouted. Juliana scowled at Del Norte. I doubt it. 
He tugged her around to face him. I am employed jointly by the Department of War, the Department of State, President of the United States, as the Director of Covert Investigations from Brownsville to San Diego. My Christian name is Benjamin Savant. You are a spy? I prefer Director of Covert Investigations. <laughs> I love you, Juliana Ortiz. Will you marry me? What are my choices? She asked. Marry me or I'll have to shoot you. You are so smooth talking. How can I refuse? Somehow, I will not. <laughs> you haven't known me very long. Benjamin Savannah, I have been in love with you for 10 years. Juliana threw her arms around his neck. Their lips were still touching when a small, barefooted girl tugged the bouquet from her hands. Bonita giggled. Bonita is Paco's best friend. Um, and then Paco, oh, and then beat Paco over the head with the bouquet of white daisies. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's because also too, it was like which like here's the thing. Those are not bad. Three bad things like not gonna marry no. someone that I haven't no, kissed. No, I don't know their name are, or occupation. Those which, are like, very good boundaries. Those feel like very basic too. Yeah, absolutely, I would agree. Please don't marry a man who you don't know their real name or occupation. Yeah. Those especially. Yes. Like if you decide that you don't want to kiss until after you're married, until you're married, that's fine. Or the altar. Right. You go that's, for it. That's you. But you 100% should know the person's real name and occupation. Absolutely. That, I feel like you could honestly so want that before you start. Stephen Blatt. Yeah. I know. Also, I feel like you could probably try to get that information earlier on in the relationship before your marriage is on the table. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I would, I would recommend that. Yes. Like, like, first couple first, days. The first time you meet them. Or for, yeah. What's your name? What do you do? There you go. It's all Also, too, I will say as someone who has done online dating, do you know what I always say? Oh, is that your real name? Because sometimes people have like a different name or online. Like and stuff. Yes, yeah. yeah. People always like, wait, is that your real name? I'm like, yes. Oh, that is my. But maybe I should have a phone name. I don't know. I could think oh. about it. I don't know what I would want to be, but I'll think about it. Yes. And then be like, no, actually, my name is Odette. Like something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that so is this a, great. Yeah. This is a summary. There was there was obviously lots of details that so we could get into. Yeah. There was just all the lovely Western culture and theme, um, and then the dialogue was so witty and snappy. We loved it, and we recommend that you read it for mm-hmm. yourself. It <laughs> was super fun. It was just like it very like fast paced. It was a quick read. Yeah, it was fun to read. It was super fun. So definitely enjoyed it with a capital D. Yay! That was okay, a fantastic. That was a summary. So all moving right. on to. Morgan's Morgan. random rabbit trails. I can't up, wait. Up, up, up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Well, so we'll I have a call. Oh, there we go. <laughs> We're, uh, we'll workshop it. <laughs> workshop. Not live on the air. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the things that I did a smidge of like research on, not really, um, was the jewelry. So Juliana is a jewelry maker mm-hmm. and it talks a lot about her, like how she wears earrings all the time. Yes. And, and it talked about like different stones and stuff like that. And so, um, honestly, I didn't really, um, I know that turquoise jewelry is a really big thing in New Mexico because um, Madeline and I's mother grew up in New Mexico and she has told us that. So yes. I knew that in my brain, but that was really it. So I was doing just a smidge of research on it and I found this really cool, um, it's canyonroadarts.com and I think it's actually like a, a shop in Santa Fe, New Mexico and they're telling you a smidge about the history of um, jewelry, mm-hmm. um, turquoise jewelry and silver smithing in New Mexico. So I'm not going to go into a ton of details. We'll definitely include some of these pictures because they're great. But one of the things that I thought was interesting and that I didn't know is that so turquoise jewelry jewelry originated um, with the Navajo and Pueblo Indians. Okay. And then later um, the 
I want to say the right, make sure I said the right thing. Um, okay, so silversmithing was introduced to the Navajo and Pueblo tribes barely 150 years ago. And that was when the Spanish came. They introduced silver ornaments as well as copper, brass, bronze, and iron. Um, and so that was kind of, they started using it to make jewelry, which I just oh. thought was interesting. But there's mm -hmm. some like pictures of really beautiful pieces. Yeah, there's beautiful. one that is a Navajo sandcast silver and turquoise bracelet from 1890. Mm -hmm. So that would be right around the time when this mm -hmm. takes place. So we can definitely include a picture of that because it would give an idea of maybe how some, some of the pieces, pieces in Juliana's. Imagine um, that as an earring though, you know what I'm saying? Beautiful. I mean, that'd be great. Gorgeous. I would wear it right now. <laughs> um, and then the other two things that I kind of did a little bit of um, rabbit trailing, yes, research on rabbit trailing slash research, yes, um, was um, about Stephen Bly himself. Okay. Oh, that's did what you, I did. Oh, you did on. some? No, but that's okay. Maybe oh, okay. we did different things. So one of the things that I thought was interesting um, was that this specific book was a Christie Award finalist. Mm-hmm. I thought that was oh, okay. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I'm assuming right final, so it didn't win, and I didn't look up because I just did this this afternoon, so I didn't look up what the Who winner was yeah. that year, and I'll probably do that after we finish recording, but because I'm curious. Um, and then the other thing that I thought was interesting, just randomly, was that Stephen Bly was the mayor of Winchester, Idaho, from 2000 to 2007. That was one of the fun facts oh. I had. So he wrote this book while he was mayor during his time in the office yes man of many talents um that was my those are my random rabbit trails i'm so sorry odette that <laughs> wow that was way more research than random rabbit trails well, I just, it was a random rabbit trail and the author i was having a hard time coming up with stuff i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry we should probably have talked about this ahead of time that's okay i'm, I'm trying to see if i'll start with my because the next section is odette's um, odette oh yeah okay say right. the Odette's relevant research. That was me. <laughs> that wasn't as good as last time. This book is shorter, so it wasn't yes. quite as easy. Um, yes, no big deal. Um, we clearly had the same train of thought, Morgan. Um, so one thing I wanted to say um, is that um, I don't know if this is necessarily, this is just research I did. Um, so he actually passed away, sadly, in 2011, um, but his, after a five-year battle with cancer, um, but his, he was working on the last um, fiction book um, when he uh, passed away, it's called Stuart Brannan's Final Shot, and so his wife and three adult sons finished the book for him. Oh, that's and cool. And then um, uh, published it posthumously in 2012. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but he has a fascinating life. He was like, he's he's written more than a hundred books, hundreds of poems, articles, and short stories. Um, his book, The Long Trail Home, won the 2002 Christie Award, um, and then he's had other books nominated as well. Um, yeah, so hmm. I think it's just a fascinating character. Um, I also like the fact that he was mayor too. That's really fun. Yeah, that is true. Um, the other thing I went did a a bit of research on was Ramona Hawk because I was like is Ramona Hawk a real person or was it a fictional oh, yes okay. okay so first I found out when you google Ramona Hawk there's actually a place Ramona California I believe that literally has a whole thing about hawks in the history oh so like there is a Ramona so there's Hawk. a rabbit trail <laughs> <laughs> there's a rabbit trail for you <laughs> but anyways so I was like, that's, I mean, hawks are interesting for sure, but not kind of the avenue I was looking for. <laughs> right. So instead, instead, <laughs> instead I Googled, um, uh, notorious female outlaws. Ooh. Oh, okay. yes. 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 
Okay, so um, there's a lot of them. Um, but one that I wanted to read specifically was, uh, this is top 10 of the notorious female outlaws from the Wild West, okay? Um, so this is Lara Bullion, AKA the Rose of the Wild Bunch. Okay. She was born into a life of crime. Her father, a Native American, was a bank robber, and she, after spending teenage years as a prostitute, joined the Wild Bunch gang and became known as the Rose of the Wild Bunch. Does that have pictures of her? Uh, yes. Oh, we'll post those. Yeah, we'll post mm -hmm. those. Okay. So, Bullion stole, sold stolen goods and made connections that provided the bunch with a steady supply of horses. She was romantically involved with seven, several members of the gang on and off. On certain occasions... I thought you were going to say seven <laughs> members of the gang on and off. <laughs> Could several, have been. I don't know. I mean, just how several. many several? We don't know. Yeah. On certain occasions, she dressed like a man and joined the rest of the gang in train robberies. In 1901, she was arrested in St. Louis with $8,500 worth of stolen banknotes in her possession. Dang. She was released from prison after three and a half years. Bullion retired from a life of crime and became an interior designer in Memphis, Tennessee. What? what? <laughs> That's not real. No <laughs> way. You're kidding me. Bullion died of a heart attack What's in 1961. Wow. 1961? She what? was 1876 to 1961. Wow. And she was an interior designer. She died of heart disease. An outlaw in the Wild West. What a what a resume. Wow. Her gravestone is embossed with a rose and a thorny vines and reads the thorny rose. She was the last survivor member of the Wild Bunch. Well, I guess so. I mean, yeah. Probably because she gave up her life of crime and took up the quieter life of interior decorating. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. That is an insane life. Well, Whoa. a lot of these women, they literally lived from like the 1880, like 1870s through like the 1950s or 60s. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's, that's crazy to think about. I know. That's true. Should I read another one? I feel yes, like. Yes, do okay. another one. That's okay. fine. Rose Dunn, aka Rose of the Cimarron. The Cimarron. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it so weird? That's, 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 I don't know either, but it's fine. Dunn was born in Oklahoma in 1879 and educated in a convent in Wichita, Kansas. She was known for good looks and charm. Her two older brothers became outlaws when she was young and taught her how to shoot and ride. Dunn became an outlaw when she fell in love with George Bitter Creek, Bitter Creek Newcomb, a member of the Wild Bunch gang. Why are they all called oh, the Wild Bunch? Oh my gosh, he was also a member of the Wild Whoa. Bunch gang. Hopefully not one of... Rose's seven. <laughs> several, several. <laughs> also, her name is Rose, too. Whoa. Oh. Wait, wait. Uh, is it, uh, no, no, it's different. This girl was from Oklahoma. Oh. Well, because Laura Bullion, she was oh, just yeah, called the right. Rose of the Wild Bunch. Yes. I feel like a Wild Bunch probably was like a... Rose just fell for one of the members of the Wild Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. But also, who knows if it's the same Wild Bunch? Could there be. might have been a lot of Wild be. Bunches running around. Wild Bunches? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? The Wild Bunch. Oh, my God. Well, because the, the, also, this was in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And if we look back here, um, this was in... She was arrested in St. Louis. So, I don't know. You know, well, I mean, I guess yeah, they kind of rode true. all around. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyways. Okay. So, back to... Uh, Rose Dunn. <clears throat> so she fell in love with George Bitter Creek Newcomb, a member of the Wild Bunch gang led by Bill Doolian. The Wild Bunch, also known as the Oklahoma Oklahoma Braves. <laughs> Are you serious? Oklahoma Braves? You've got to be kidding me. We're known for robbing banks and holding up trains. That's hysterical. All these members were eventually met at a bloody end. Dunn participated in, in the gang by providing them with ammunition and supplies when the members could not go in, into town. 
Dunn, Dunn once saved Newcomb when he was wounded by the U.S. Marshals. Legend says she dodged open fire and held the Marshals with her own rifle until he could get to safety. Mm, man. Dunn's brothers, who abandoned their careers as outlaws in favor of becoming bounty hunters, killed Newcomb for what would say a sum of $5,000 bounty for each brother. Ooh. Dunn was later accused of being involved in Newcomb's death and telling her brothers his locations, but Dunn and her brothers maintained her innocence. She was never prosecuted for her involvement with the gang and eventually settled down with a local politician. Man. Wow. Oklahoma Braves. <laughs> the Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma Braves? Okay, there's That's one more I gotta read. Okay, Okay. so Sarah That's Jane what? Newman, a.k.a. Sally School. Oh, I think I've heard of her. Okay, Sarah Jane Newman was born to be t- was born tough. Born in 1817, one of the first families to settle in Austin, Texas Territory. Newman was also known as Sally School or School, growing having to grow up and defend her family's land from constant attack. Legend says her mother, Rachel Newman, was what c- once cut off the toes of an Indian who was trying to get through their front door. Wow, his toes. <laughs> Maybe the door was closed and he was trying to get in, and yeah. she was like. Psh- Yikes. Newman married Ooh. Jesse Robinson at the age of 16, and they had two children together. After 10 years of marriage, Robinson filed divorce, and Newman was married to her namesake husband, George Skull, less than two weeks later. He mysteriously died in 1849. Hmm. Her next husband, John Doyle, also died in a <gasps> mysterious circumstances sur- after a short marriage. Inheriting her mother's spirit, Skull became <laughs> notorious as a male-dressing, gun-slinging, horse-trading woman. Twice a year, she made the treacherous trip to Mexico alone, come back with two horses that were likely stolen but no proof could be found. She's rumored to have killed two of her five husbands. I mean, okay, this is like what it. is an excerpt from her historic marker in Texas. Okay. Woman rancher, horse trader, champion cusser, <laughs> ranch northwest of here, loved dancing, yet during the war she did extremely hazardous man's work. <laughs> Wait, that's on a tombstone? On a historic marker in oh, Texas. Oh, okay. Anyways, she fascinating. She did hazardous man's work. During the Civil War? The yeah. mean during the war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. during the war, yeah. 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 Love wow. dancing, yet during the war did extremely hazardous man's work. Interesting. Huh. Anyway, wow. so that was my uh, deep dive. So I did have more information than just uh, Stephen Bly. So it all worked yeah. out, Morgan. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. That was great. That was intriguing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so we'll definitely post pictures oh, of... Yeah. All of the if we can outlaws find all those pictures and, of yeah, oh, they have pictures in the okay. Oh, okay. yeah, and we'll post pictures of the jewelry and um, my band growing up. What? Oh yeah, I know. Oh, band. the That's band. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, there's one more thing we said. Okay, so moving on to the God Factor. Um, does anyone in particular want to go first? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I just really appreciated this. There was, there was big chunks of italicized font, and whenever it was italicized, it was Juliana's, like, personal thoughts, and usually it was her personal, like, prayers to the yeah. Lord, and I just loved how it was so, like, conversational. Mm-hmm. Like, she was like, Lord, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> I just wanted to go home, put my feet up. Why are, why are all these wounded men coming to my door? And, you know, just, like, really, yeah. honestly, half the time she's just complaining to the Lord because of all these crazy things that keep <laughs> happening to her. And it's just, she's just having these conversations with him. Yeah. And it was so, like, realistic. It's, it's the kind of conversations you have with God every day. Mm-hmm. Like, God, what, what's going on? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you're just so frustrated or whatever. Yeah. It's just very realistic. It's not like this, like, 
oh, holy Lord, I come uh-huh. before you in this, yeah. like, kind mm-hmm. of weird, like, you know, some books can, can get that way. Yeah. They're like, okay, now we're going to pray. And they segue yeah. into this prayer. And she's just, like, it's, like, coming yeah. forth from her heart. She's just mm-hmm. constantly talking to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very much honest and genuine, and I really liked that. Um, and then I liked how, like, everything that she mm-hmm. did was, like, coming from that place of like she clearly has this honest genuine relationship with the lord she's not gonna she's not going to put um on a show about it she's not going to make it seem like something it's not she's not going to be religious but she's going to tell you brother you're about Mm -hmm. to die and did you repent because if you didn't you need to fix that right now you know like she's like very comfortable with talking about what she believes and like doesn't doesn't sugarcoat it and doesn't like doesn't make it this weird religious thing. It's just mm-hmm. like, this is the way that it is. Like, you need to, okay, well, whatever. You know what? I've told you this a million times. <laughs> you know, it's almost like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved that. Yeah. I thought it was so, like, I thought it was such a a, a, a different way yes. of, um, of, of that, like, inner Christian dialogue mm-hmm. that you see in, in Christian fiction books. Especially for a historical. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially for, sure. for historical. It reminded me a lot of, um, you've seen Lady Hawk, right, Mads? Oh yes, of, it remind you of, of Matthew, Matthew Broderick's character dialogue the whole time. Uh, oh my gosh, that's, that's so it true. It reminded me so much of that. Have you seen that movie yet? Mm-hmm. You should watch yeah. it. It's that's great. So it's awesome. a Western romance. No, it's not. A it's Western not. Romance. It's medieval. It's a medieval romance. It's got very young Matthew Broderick in it, and very Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Very young Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes, and I can never remember that, that uh, actor's name. name. But anyways, oh it's God. a great film. Yeah, it's very good. That's so fun. Um, I'd never even heard of that movie. Um, so for me, the God factor, I would say, is similar to Madeline's. I really appreciated how realistic the dialogue was, almost as if it was just part of her daily life, which was just like, oh, this is just what I'm yes. doing. And I feel like that there, like, it almost was like she would slip into conversation with God without it even being something she was intentionally trying to do. Like, it was almost like her response and her, like, second nature. And I also appreciated the fact she has a lot of gumption. And not just in, like, her convictions, but also, like, she, even when her and Delonte are, like, she's very strong in what she believes in. And she's very, like, and you can tell that it's also come from, like, years of hard-fought faith. Is that she has decided that even though her mother died and her sister, who was her closest friend, and her brother-in-law were tragically killed... And she's raising a 10-year-old as a single woman, like, all these things. And, like, she has her own business. And she, like, all these factors, you can tell that she has forged a relationship with God in a way that it's almost as if it's, she's just talking to herself, but it's to God. Um, And I just think it's very sweet how she calls um, him regular. Like, it's just, and it's, like, also the flow of it feels very natural. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think that in books like this where the prayer factor and the God factor is this heavy I'll say I would sometimes it feels like you're disconnected from the story yeah but it would yeah. literally be like when Roberto showed up with a gun she was like seriously God and she what did she call him um Elston Elston Moore. Moore. yeah right. yeah so it's like sweet Spanish. too because it's yeah. like that's how her mother referred to God so right. she like refers it's to him Spanish that way yeah. uh-huh. but yet she prays in English to him so right. like it's an interesting anyways um and uh um fun little cultural element there but anyways I just thought it was great to see kind of that um dynamic of her kind of reliance on God too as like a single woman just living her life doing her thing and like hey I don't need anyone I got God and my friends and I have my business like she works hard and you know trust God and I feel like that was a really 
a really thing, uh, easy to understand thing about the book. Like it was throughout the entire book. Yeah. And Del Norte too, like they talk about God and stuff, but even like in her, like she literally says things to God about Del Norte. So it's like she, yeah. she, you know, kind of, kind of like you, you would confide in a friend, you know, right. of like, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's happening? <laughs> yes. I feel like that's awesome. most of her prayers is like, um, yeah. Hey God, <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Want to clue me in here? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's a, what's your plan in all this? So, yeah. Um, what about you, Morgan? Mine was, um, I think the thing that kind of stood out to me, I loved all of that that you guys mentioned as well, um, but the thing that really stood out to me was that, like, so Del Norte relied on his faith, Juliana relied on her faith. Every character who kind of professed to be a character of faith um, in the book were very clearly um, more just kind of like, well-rounded, stable people. Yeah. At more at peace. Yeah, more at peace. <laughs> yeah. And it was just very, like, it wasn't overt, but it was just kind of, it just was what it was. Like, that was how their characters were written. And I kind of liked that. Mm -hmm. I thought that that was just, like, a nice... I don't even know if it was intentional or not, but I like I noticed it and I was yeah. like, "That's really cool." Like these people are like, because there's a lot going on for everyone, yeah. and they're not, you know, like it's the Wild Wild West. You know what I'm saying? Right, but like, and but and it was just like one of those things where like if you're a person of faith and you find your hope and your comfort in mm -hmm. a higher power you can be calm in the face of adversity. Right. And so that, it, that's just, that was just kind of yeah. cool. I yeah. just kind of pulled that out immediately and yeah. thought it was neat. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Next segment is our new one, which we like to call the, the swoon, swoon factor. factor. All right. So Del Norte. Remember, if you, oh, if yes. you weren't, if you, even if you listen to, so just for everybody, our, what is our, swoon our scale is, is Zero to Colin Firth in a wet shirt emerging from the lake on his estate of Pembroke. I feel like because this is the only, the second time that we've introduced the Swoon Factor, which like, P.S., it will be in every episode from here on out until we decide that yes. we don't want to do it anymore, which will be never probably. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, I think we should put a picture of Colin Firth again this time for the people. You know what? I why, why not? Let's I just want to make sure. I'd like to do a visual representation of the, and also the video clip. We'll link it again too. Yeah, absolutely. We got you guys. Wink, wink. Um, I don't want to go first on this one. I want someone else to go first. Oh, no. Do you want to go first? Oh, my gosh. On the spot. Oh, Dad, can okay, go I'll go first. Okay, okay so Swoon Factor for me was, okay, so like, I have a love uh, in my non-fiction life, as I said. Good one. No, that's non-fiction life. Okay, yes. life. I have, if you meet someone and have an instant connection in a quippy way, there's something very spoony about that, where you can just like, oh, yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there, and that's something, to me, is something that's so fun about Del Norte mm -hmm. and... Um, Juliana's relationship also like they're very he's very tender even though he's a really tough guy with her and it's very sweet yeah. and she like opens up anyway so I would say the spoon factor I think I'm gonna go with this time not Jane Austen I think I'm gonna go for a Meg Ryan Tom or uh -huh. Meg Ryan movie um, okay. we just watched recently when Harry met Sally mm -hmm. thank you Bethany Turner for the shout out well, yes. it's been a long time since I watched that movie and Morgan had never I've seen never it so seen it. Um, I would say it was kind of on the level at the very end of the movie when Harry finally tells Sally that he loves her. Oh, 
That's, okay. I mean, that's an intense level of swoon. That's, that's what I'm true. saying. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Like, so, so that's what, that's how strong the Del Norte swoon is for you in this book? Because I, nice. <laughs> also because I like the fact that like they were basically <laughs> together from the beginning of the, like from the beginning when like there was something and he realized she wasn't a thief and like it became, and the like the level, it was just, it, it felt really natural. And also mm-hmm. I will say too. I think that one of the reasons why I was like not like oh my god they just met is because it is the wild wild west. It's the wild wild it's west. It's a different time. It's a different time. There was like her only stipulations where I need to know what your <laughs> those were her things. I need to feel I I'm not gonna marry him. I, I haven't felt the I found haven't felt his lips or kiss. Something like that. I think it's the taste of his lips. It's more sorry, afterwards. Because <laughs> <So laughs> Maureen was staring at me. His name and his occupation. So like, I'm just saying it was a different time. Yeah. So like, I didn't so feel was, like it, it was a different time. Those were yeah. non-negotiables. So so I think it's like it's <laughs> you, know. you know. Anyways, um, so I appreciated so that, that intensity of swoon applies. Yes, but also it felt okay in this book, given the fact that it was 1884. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so the theme then, you've set the tone. The theme is Meg Ryan Ryan movies. All right, I know, I'm thinking. Okay. So then my level of swoon would be... I'm going to have to go with... uh, Okay, 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 okay. Do you still need a minute to think? Because I just had a brilliant idea. What is your brilliant idea? We should call it the swoon scale. The swoon scale. A little bit of alliteration. That's probably better. And since we actually have a skill. Sorry. The swoon skill. I was giving you more time to think. Well, then <laughs> now I got distracted by the swoon skill. Okay. That's so, true. it's okay. I love so, it. I love, honestly, I love it. Great. Good one. I love it. I think... You know what I think my swoon scale is? Okay, this is a Meg Ryan Tom Hanks movie. Okay. 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 Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. Do you know the scene in that movie where, um, now I can't, is it Rita Wilson who Tom Hanks is married to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So in Sleepless in Seattle, there's that scene in that movie where Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, and is it Rob Reiner? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Is Rob Reiner I, there at the table? I think so. Okay. Isn't that him? So the, I thought so. So mm-hmm. they're sitting and talking about... I'm that, to remember. And a fair to remember, and the Rita Wilson just starts sobbing, and Tom Hanks, and if it's not Rob Reiner's, whoever it is, um, are kind of making fun of her. There's this whole thing. But when you find out later in your life, if you didn't find out when you first watched that movie, or maybe you know when you watched the movie, if you find out that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson are married in real life and have been married forever, and they're the cutest couple, yes, mm-hmm. that moment. It's like there is chemistry between them there, even though they're not, you know what I'm saying? Do you guys know what I'm saying? There's this kind of like chemistry there. It's not overt. It's not crazy, but it's there. And then when you know, you can rewatch that movie and you're like, oh, I see it. There's a little pop, a little sizzle. They're sitting next to each other at the table. I feel it. That's my skill factor for this one. Okay. 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 I think mine is a little spoonier than that. Okay. But probably um, not as sweet as me. Right. Somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the swoon scale. Um, definitely not Colin Firth in a wet shirt. Um, but 
That's hard. I feel like we need to put it on a t-shirt. Uh, scale. <laughs> absolutely, we do. With, um, with, with the scale and zero spoon. and then just his picture. <laughs> so zero to... Spoon scale. That's um, amazing. <laughs> uh, I think it is when um, in, uh, in You've Got Mail, mm-hmm. when Tom, another Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Classic. Uh, when they're setting up that meeting, Shop Girl. Yes. Um, one two three yes. and um, and why one five two one five two are um, it's just shop girl oh it's just shop, shop girl, girl and, and, and why it was new enough that she didn't have to have numbers up um are setting up a meeting and he he sees her through the window like he sees Meg Ryan sitting at the table oh. through the window with the book and the rose and so he knows now oh. he knows oh, who shop man. girl is and he like walks in and has that like conversation with her even though she's like very obviously not excited to see him and but you can like oh you're you waiting for someone yeah. and, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. just like get that vibe from him That's that good. he's like he's okay with the fact that it was her that he met at the at the cafe. Um, that's my swoon scale. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh yay! That's awesome. Okay, so um, highlights. My highlights are it was fun. It was a fun, fast-paced read. Um, I liked the well-written female main character because that was a delightful surprise for me. Um, all of the characters were really great. Uh, Del Norte is, I mean. He's a handsome brute. He's a great character. He's a handsome brute. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's a western. Is that a western he's phrase? He's a handsome... Uh... <laughs> no. I can't, I can't think of anything. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> and I really liked Juliana. I don't know. It was just fun. Yeah, like, it was, it was a very fun read. And that was my highlight. was the whole reading experience. Yeah, the dialogue for me was probably a highlight. I just love mm-hmm. the the way it's written. The dialogue, honestly, between all of the characters. Yes. Just Stephen Bly's style of writing. This, mm-hmm. It was quippy and witty. And I mean, the dialogue even between Juliana and Paco yeah. was so was great. funny. And you, could, yeah. and you could hear a 10-year-old boy saying all mm-hmm. those things. A precocious 10-year-old yes. boy. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. It was just, it was, yeah, it was very fun to read. I agree. Yeah, so I have a couple of highlights. Um, one is I really appreciate a book that has a strong female character and also a strong male character, and one doesn't have to be weak so the other can be mm-hmm. strong. And I really appreciated about that. Yeah, and also, good. like, there was a lot of strength in other women in the town. Like, there was definitely yes. something. Um, also, um, one thing I wanted to bring up, which I told the girls that I was going to talk about this, but so um, Juliana's 32. I just turned 32 um, recently. And one of the highlights for me was uh, Juliana and Del Norte's first kiss. It was very sweet. I thought it was great. And I also thought how the idea of her, him not shaming her because she was 32 and never kissed anybody um, and was very kind um, to yes. him, I thought was such a good highlight. Um, and so I was very, um, I don't know, I, I think it was just sweet and it felt realistic to experiences of what people could have. So yeah. definitely yeah, a highlight. Sure. Um, I would say for me, the other highlight is there was just enough action to keep you entertained. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I would say that like it was action packed, but it wasn't overwhelming. That you were like, what is happening? But there was enough going on that you were like, oh no, this is like a quick 
read yeah. in in that regard yeah. so big fan and that's how a lot of his books are like all of his books have a very strong female character mm-hmm. um as well as a strong male character and there's and it's not always that the male has to save the female but there's that like kind of give and take di- 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 dynamic so it's a big a big thing for him for sure so nice um one thing too i wanted to point out um i don't know if this is a highlight i don't know if this is the appropriate place to say it but mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say it um, so one thing I will say is, as a 32-year-old single woman, can we leave the notion that it is bad to be single in 1884 and not make people feel bad for being single? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Now. Like, here's the thing. There's a part of it that I was like, the things that people say to her about being an unmarried woman, I have had things said to me in that oh, regard. Sheesh. So I'm like, here's the thing. I'm happy. I love my life. Yeah. I trust that we all have our own timing. Anyways, or God has timing whatever for us um but I, i'm just saying that like the fact that like i was like hmm this book was <laughs> in 1800 can we leave obviously it wasn't yeah. written then but i'm just saying like can we but leave that that notion that i'm making a proclamation yes those stereotypes especially in christian circles mm-hmm. god's yeah. timing is different for everyone and it doesn't mean that you're forgotten about or that That's you're right. so encouragement to all the single ladies out there it doesn't yes. mean that you're forgotten about it means that god is timing is better than what we could do for ourselves right anyways Yes. Here's something that kind of I don't know if I had like a full any like things that are like full problems. Yeah. But here's oh, problematic. That, problematic. Yeah. Here, but here's something that could straddle the line. Mm-hmm. Like I can't decide if it's a highlight or if it's a problem. Okay. <laughs> um, there. Okay. So obviously we're dealing with because of the area that the geographic region mm-hmm. that this book takes place in, we're dealing with a lot of different um, cultures, peoples, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and races mm-hmm. of people. So there's. There's a lot of Mexicans in this mm-hmm. novel, and then there's Americans, uh, white Americans, and yes. Mexican Americans, and then yes. just Mexicans. And then there's also Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and the, all of those different cultures are discussed. Yes. Um, definitely, there's an emphasis on like the blended like mm-hmm. Mexican Americans. Like uh-huh. Juliana is a Mexican American. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, her mother was American. Her father was Mexican. Um, uh, so there's a lot of discussion about that and so there's there's a lot of references made to these different cultures and i feel like all the references that are made are i don't know when you read them they stick out to you but i think not in a negative way and i've been kind of grappling with it because i'm like okay i wouldn't call that positive either but it wasn't negative and i think um i i well I don't know if yeah. Stephen Bly was doing this on purpose or not, but there's this very interesting scene. This like this two paragraph scene on the one of their train rides when they're going back to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this with the with the and woman, this white American woman, uh-huh. who approaches oh. Juliana on the yeah. train and basically is like, "Do you speak English?" And Juliana's like, "I roll emoji, uh huh, mm-hmm. I do," mm-hmm. um, and. The woman's basically like, oh, I'm going to a foreign country for the first time. I'm in this foreign country for the first time. And Juliana's like, we're in New Mexico. And the woman goes, uh-huh. I'm in a foreign country for the first time. And Juliana's like, eye roll emoji. This woman thinks New Mexico is Mexico. She's in the United States. Um, and they're having this conversation. And then this woman asks her this extremely inappropriate question. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. extremely inappropriate yes. and I will tell you here because it's fine for me to tell yes. you it's in the book she's referencing Del Norte who's sleeping on yeah. resting his head on Juliana's, mm-hmm. Juliana's shoulder 
And she goes, can I ask you a personal question? And I was like, okay. And the woman goes, the woman goes, I've heard, I don't know how she says it. We're going to have to find her in the book. She goes, I've heard that Mexican. She says Spanish men. Spanish men. Yes. She she doesn't even call them the right. Yes. She said, I've heard that Spanish men make, what does she? Make good. And then she pauses and she whispers the word lovers. (laughs) Yes. And you're just, it's so startling when you read it because you're like, where the heck did that come from? But I, that reference mm-hmm. to me, like that little two paragraph interaction, because then you never, the woman mm-hmm. just walks away, you never see her again. Well, who knows? It's like shocked. She like doesn't, well, even doesn't like, she start laughing? She, start, yeah. she like lets off this laugh and wakes Del Norte up. And, and then the woman walks the away and you never like see her again. Leaves, yeah. And it's so, and I think to me, I'm like, Stephen Bly, he's making a point here. It's almost like he, it's almost like he's, mm-hmm. he's, pointing out the stereotypes in a way that is humorous yes like why do we like look at us we make assumptions about people and Mm -hmm. we we put them in boxes and stereotype them Mm -hmm. based on the way that they look and based on where they live and look how foolish it makes you look when you do something like that oh yeah and so i well because he did the same thing in that scene with the reverend and posey too exactly Mm -hmm. yes in that scene there was Mm -hmm. some more of that so I thought that was very interesting, and I yeah. liked that because it does make you think about like yeah. he's he doesn't there's no there's not there's definitely like comments that are made about mm-hmm. these different people groups, and you're like oh that was an interesting way to put that I don't know if I would have said that in our yeah. politically correct world, but it also makes you think like oh yeah we do we we have this tendency to put people in in boxes. Yeah. And I liked the way that he presented that and, I would agree. and, and, and made it so like, Hey, look how foolish you look. Yeah. Look how ridiculous, <laughs> well, look how ridiculous it is. Yeah. And I will say that, that I, one thing I, cause I, I thought about that too, especially in light of kind of when we re- reread the Mandy books, I was right. like, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. this was actually problematic. I think what it was, was that he also like throughout the book, like even Paco would make a comment because his best friend Bonita was an Apache Indian. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so he would say things, well, girls can't do this or Indian girls or whatever he would say or Native Americans and she would say and Juliana would say no we don't like say things like well but you can also you can yes but also you know what I'm saying and so the idea was well she can do this yes and so I do think that there was something to be said about like confronting stereotypes but done in a way that it was like oh I'm gonna see people as people versus do you know what I'm saying versus like oh you're putting someone in a box because of their it's an 1800s you know written time frame writer so I thought he did a great job of like kind of weaving that in and out to make you kind of self-reflect and be like oh wait is this something that's appropriate to say or inappropriate but then usually there was a correction mm-hmm. yeah. I would say like 95% of the time there was like some kind of correction or it was pointed yeah. out as you said a humorous right. yeah. way and you were like well that one then looks mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly foolish. ridiculous yeah, yeah, yeah. and also interestingly this book was written like at this around the same time right about the same some time. of the Mandy the yeah. later Mandy books were written as well yeah. Yeah. and I did not like the way that different no. cultures were portrayed yeah, yeah. no it's not no. at all yeah so that was that's very different yes yeah. anything problematic from your side Morgan? I didn't really I mean I didn't have anything I had those same thoughts yes. yeah. you had like that stood out but I didn't necessarily think it was problematic it was just no interesting. I think that he the way that he did it yeah. was was more reflective the way that he and did it yeah and and not feel it wasn't negative yeah it wasn't negative no I mean yeah like I said it was it was refreshing to me how much I enjoyed the book just because yeah. I was like oh boy oof, I know it's gonna be a tough <laughs> I wish time. I would have known that I, I would have no. like felt or calmed your fears a little bit if 
if I would have known that you. No, were that's okay. I then like well, as soon as I as soon as I started, I was like, yeah. Oh, honestly, this is after, funny. like literally chapter one, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, oh, no, this isn't what this I was is expecting. Great. This yeah. is great. Yeah. So yeah. it was fine. It was yeah. just one of those preconceived notions. What about you? Anything problematic? Um, honestly, no. Yeah. I just I thought that I was gonna find things. I really yeah. did. Because right. it's been I probably hadn't yeah. read this book since I was like I don't know middle school maybe yeah or high school probably I don't know whenever it was it, it, it's been a significant amount of time yeah. but like I loved it and I loved the portrayal of characters and the dialogue the romance was it was good so fun it was so sorry fun. I'm just made, made a like an, an chef's okay. kiss like yeah kind of situation but like I realize this is not a video podcast <laughs> right. so. so nobody saw it yeah except for anyways. There we go. All right. Hey. Well, that was that lost twin sister. That lost twin sister. Um, the next book that we are going to read, the second book in our Western series, is "Braced for Love" by Mary Connolly. And we are so excited! I'm a huge Mary Connolly fan. She's so. a Western queen. Oh yes. Ooh. Okay. Yes, she, is. So she sits as a queen among the Western authors. Mm-hmm. She's fabulous. So, I'm very excited to read this. This is going to so, be wonderful. I'm very excited because I've never read any of her stuff because Stephen Bly is one of the main authors no. that I read in the Western genre of books. So I'm very excited. Yeah. It'll, yeah. it'll be great. Yeah. As always, Here reach out with this. questions, um, redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com or if you have any thoughts on your own swoon factor and kind of how that plays a role. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or swoon scale. No, swoon scale. Have, have you, have you, swoon, factor, swoon scale? Yeah, oh yes. Weigh in on the swoon factor, swoon scale, but also if you have ever been on a hearse wagon with a very handsome outlaw and you kissed, we want to hear, we that, want story. To hear that story. <laughs> we want to hear that story. Or honestly, not a hearse wagon, just like if you were in a hearse. <laughs> regular wagon. If you were in a hearse or a wagon. <laughs> or regular. Separately. Or, or, honestly, or you're on a horse. Honestly, just driving in a car with an outlaw. We want to hear that story. Whoa. <laughs> Did yeah. you kiss an outlaw while you were driving in a car? We want yes. to hear with that yes story. Yes or no. Vehicle yes driving no. <laughs> and an outlaw and a kiss. We want to know that story. <laughs> Hit us up. Hit us up. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Okay, see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Follow us on Instagram at Redeeming Lit Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple or Spotify so you don't miss any episodes. If you have any questions or book recommendations, email us at redeeminglitpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep, keep it lit! lit.